You remember this story from a while back? This is, uh, there was this thing about iPhones slowing down and people, people were sitting there saying, I knew it! Apple is always trying to convince me to upgrade. I knew they, that they were throttling my iPhone. What was and, it called? Forceful degradation or something? Wow. Something like that. Yeah. Wow. We didn't prepare Some this. Sort of Willie do just yeah. bringing the force today. I remember there was a term. And then, of course, Apple came out and he said, no, 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 no. We're just protecting you because we get your, your phone's going to shut down mm -hmm. as soon as it ratchets up the performance because of your battery health. So really, we're extending the life of your product. We're not trying to convince you to get another one. Uh. And so there was an argument going on at the time. And... There are people on both sides. However, what happened afterwards is an actual official class action lawsuit. Oh. And that lawsuit is uh, paying out oh. now. And it's going to it's going to be about half a billion dollars paid out to iPhone owners in the slowdown settlement. So the courts I suppose decided on the side of the people, on the side of the class action that Apple unknowingly to them had slowed down their devices and should have told them or at least given them an option as to whether or not they would have selected to have done that. Mm. Which is really what people said afterwards. They were they, People were sitting there saying, okay, it's fine. You, you're trying to protect my device. Send me a prompt. Say I need a new battery, whatever. And of course, Apple's battery policy has shifted quite a bit after this took place. And they went in there and now offered up more affordable battery replacement and uh, at least made it an option so you weren't having to go to a third party or something like that. Mm. Which, believe it or not, I used to do that back in the day, but I don't need to go into detail. Mm -mm. I used to replace the batteries in the iPhones for people. Mm -hmm. Seemed like a lifetime ago. Anyway, the deadline is fast approaching to get your payout as part of this class action. And that's where this uh, public service announcement from Lou Later comes in. If you are the owner of an iPhone 6, iPhone 6S, iPhone 6S Plus, iPhone SE, of course, that's the original iPhone SE, iPhone 7 or iPhone 7 Plus, the owner of any one of those devices, you're going to get 25 bucks. That might even get you a fresh battery. Hmm. You get 25 bucks on any one of those devices, but you must file the claim by October the 6th. What's today, Will? The first. You got five days. I'm helping you. I'm helping you out over here. What's the website here? So to fill out the form. I went to it. Oh, you clicked the link. Yeah. Uh, can't really. Maybe see. we'll put the link in the description for you, because it's it's a it's a long URL. We'll put the link in the description for you. Now you need to keep in mind, you need to submit if you have more than one of these devices, you need to submit a separate claim for each one of those devices that you own. And then you're gonna get 25. You might get 50 bucks. You, you might have a whole family that had iPhone sixes and sevens. Mm -hmm. You might get 75 bucks back, Not and bad. you slap a new battery in there. Now I don't know if this changes anyone's opinion as to whether or not it was a good move by Apple. Obviously, the courts side this way. People can still choose to disagree. They could still say, "Well, no, I would prefer to have a device that doesn't shut down on a frequent basis as opposed to the slowdown." However, the meme had existed for so long, and I think that's why this that story picked up steam originally, 
that meme had existed for so long that ooh, Apple in the background is secretly slowing down my phone with every single software update, so I got to get the new one. Right. And so it was combined with that meme that got people really going on the negative side. But uh, like I said, I think the easy way to fix it is just with the option or the notification, which is what they eventually ended up doing. Mm -hmm. And then they replaced the battery for it. But anyway, go get your 25 bucks, ladies and gentlemen, if your iPhone is in that particular list. Our sponsor for today's episode is one of my favorites. Well, they're all they're all my favorites because they help keep the show running. Mm -hmm. they, they they help keep Willie Do in that chair right there. Oh, and yeah. they and they sure help keep Otis down in the little dog bed chewing on the chuck it ball. Yeah. Because I runs see him. Those like no tomorrow. Yeah, he's enjoying himself right now. So today's is DoorDash. And my goodness, I've been using the DoorDash, Will. I don't know. I don't know if you believe me or not. I'm using the DoorDash. What do you usually get? So, in the past, what have I talked about? I talked about the bubble tea. I talked about... Did I talk about Mexican? I talked about Mexican. Uh -huh. I talked about the bagels in the past. You uh -huh. see, I've been all over it. You've been all over it. Uh, yesterday, I see a little DoorDash order go through because, you know, I share I share with the family. Uh -huh. And sometimes they're, they're in a pinch. They got to get the delivery going. I saw some firehouse subs go through. Mm -hmm. And I saw the local spot, Revitasize, go through. Oh. So this is where the DoorDash comes in, Will. Something for everybody. Uh-huh. Whatever they're looking for. They want to be on the healthy side, they got it. You want you want to be on the uh, on the tasty side, they got it. And it could even be simultaneously two drivers, and then it's it's like having a buffet Selections show up at your great. door. It's incredible stuff. So as you can see, uh, you have the near you setting. It'll show you your options that are nearby. All the famous ones are there that you expect. The Chipotle's and the McDonald's and the Taco Bell. The favorites are there, but also the little businesses are in there. And I don't mind supporting those either. Mm -hmm. Because in this time and in this era, well, they depend on it. Those yes. local businesses depend on a few yes. orders as the, the foot traffic's a bit less. Mm -hmm. So the best way for you to do that is through DoorDash. Of course, they got 300,000 partners in the U.S., Puerto Rico, Canada, and Australia. Support your local go-to's. Or the big boys. And the best part of this sponsorship deal, Will, is that viewers of Lou Later, they get free money to go spend at DoorDash. If you head over there right now, you get $5 off and zero delivery fees on your first order of $15 or more. All you got to do is download the DoorDash app and enter the code Lou Later. That is Lou Later on either the Apple App Store or Google Play. When you download the app, input Lou Later. $5 off your first order of $15 or more. $5, Will, that's going to get you some extra food. It might get you some extra toppings mm. on the pizza because you got a sweet corn and chili pizza on the, oh, on the screen. That sounds good. And now you're getting hungry. And now Willie Doo's going to hit up the DoorDash as soon as we're done. Once again, get the DoorDash app, put the code Lou Later, get your five bucks, and get eating and enjoy yourself. Thanks to DoorDash. Uh, Microsoft just introduced something that was interesting to me. Mm. You know, they've had this Go lineup. They had the Surface Go. Mm. And it was this affordable tablet. I was trying to figure it out. It had the keyboard and the Surface branding and the Surface DNA. But it wasn't quite as powerful as the other Surface products. But it came at a budget. And it was targeting maybe the iPad. Mm -hmm. Now... It's been difficult for Microsoft. It would be difficult for anybody with Microsoft's 
history to figure out what the optimal play is for their consumer devices because, well, they got this big operating system kind of popular. And that big operating system, for the most part, is still being used on devices that have keyboards, on devices that are sort of your more typical laptop form factor. Mm -hmm. Whereas on the iPad side, you have a mobile-based OS. Mm -hmm. Everything tailored for that experience. So it gets a bit, it can be tough. However, when it comes to the laptop form factor, and I felt this way about Surface laptop products, Microsoft has really figured out how to nail that hardware. Smooth, nice materials, uh, surprising keyboards given the size and weight of the laptops they've done in the past, but those have been expensive, the uh -huh. Surface laptops. So it kept a number of people uh, from experiencing the Surface laptop and Microsoft's interpretation of what a laptop, just a straight up laptop, no fancy flippy flappies, no kickstands, just a laptop. Many people haven't experienced it and I think price tag is a big part of it. So they take the Go brand and apply it to the laptop. So now we have the Surface Laptop Go, which is gonna go head to head with the various Chromebooks that are out there. And I'll tell you why this is important, Will, because everybody now, you got some people heading back to school, you got some people doing the school from home, you mm -hmm. need more laptops in the house. Mm -hmm. You Everybody kinda needs one, and that's gonna get expensive. You start looking at 1,500 bucks. I mean, I got nothing against a $1,500 laptop. I've used them before. But it might not be the most feasible for absolutely every person in the house. And you want people to have the nice hardware, even if they don't have that much money. That's where this comes in. It looks like, and of course, I don't have my hands on it yet, but it looks like comparable hardware to the $2,000 laptop, but at a way lower price tag starting at $550. Now, it's a smaller laptop. It's not going to be as powerful. You know, it's a 12-inch laptop lightweight laptop but i think it's got some of the things that a customer might be looking for mm -hmm. i think it's got even a little more versatility than some of the thin and lights that are out there things like a macbook because here you have the old-fashioned usb port is in there as well mm -hmm. in case you know a student might have to throw a thumb drive in as they did in that little clip right there but again comparing to a macbook this thing's way cheaper as well how about a touchscreen? that's mm -hmm. going to be on there too Some i mean gaming as well well, sure, you could do gaming because you got the xCloud stuff. Would it, wouldn't that be supported? Yeah. Would yeah, it? Yeah. Well, they're playing. Game they're playing Pass. Minecraft. I mean, Minecraft they could have downloaded. But, yes, Microsoft has the gaming side to go with it. You pair an Xbox controller and you're good to go. Yeah. Uh, apparently, it's going to have up to 13 hours of battery life. It's not It's not a, a beast when it comes to specs. It's going to have an, uh, an i5 10th gen chip in it. 4 gigs of RAM, 64 gigs of storage at the entry-level price of 550 uh, But I think the whole package deal, USB-C, USB-A, 3.5 mil headphone jack. It's going to have the magnetic charge port. They say they, it has omnisonic speakers. I'd like to see some nice speakers at 550 And then, of course, also their keyboards have been pretty good in the past on the laptop products. And then you come with the price at... at $549, Will, if somebody asks me now, do I get a cheap iPad or a full-out Microsoft laptop that runs Windows? That's a tougher answer for me, and I get these type of questions. Mm -hmm. It's a tougher... If, if you're going to be a student, you probably want to have a keyboard attached at all times. Yes. 
you may be interested in this. Now, I understand you can't bring, you're not going to bring the pen to it and do all that stuff, but it is touchscreen and it looks like some pretty modern hardware. So, and it's base uh, Windows. You got the full Windows. Yeah. Whatever you might need to install in it for whatever courses you might happen to take. Like I said, it's not going to be a powerhouse, but so much stuff is happening in the web. Plus, they've done good webcams in the past. In fact, I did webcam comparisons against other more expensive laptops, and I was surprised at what the Surface products are delivering. Mm -hmm. Of course, another thing, face unlock. You don't get that on the MacBooks. You're going to have that here. Windows Hello. Windows Hello at 549. So I'm just putting it out there. I'm just saying it feels like a pretty competitive package. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> of course, I'll wait to get my hands on it to, to inspect it further. But uh, I think on paper, I'm, I'm pretty impressed with what Microsoft's doing, especially when I see nicer stuff becoming more available at the lower price point. Yes. That yeah. might just get me going on a on a Thursday. That might get, get me going. going. Yeah, that might get me going. Yeah. I had to check if I was getting going. Yeah. You see, I did a quick heart rate check. Yeah, I'm getting going oh, on a okay. Thursday. It's starting. <laughs> now, another thing that gets me going, if you got a little bit more money to spend, you know those ThinkPads always get me going. Every time because of the keyboard and the crazy thin and light and the carbon construction. I mean, it's an incredible thing, isn't it? Mm -hmm. and, and somehow they're durable. Somehow they're impossibly light but they're still durable because of the materials in use and a little rubberized finish and that matte black look to it with the stealth appearance. Well, guess what? What's that? They got a new product. Oh. Okay. And they caught my attention. And yeah. I just checked my heart rate real quick. They also got me going. Okay. <laughs> it's the ThinkPad X1 Nano. It is extremely lightweight. It is the most lightweight ThinkPad ever. How about 1.99 pounds on a 13-inch laptop with a 16 by 10 screen because I like a tall screen. Mm -hmm. I got work to do. Mm -hmm. The so scrolling. You end up with the same height that you would have on a 14-inch laptop that's 16 by 9. Mm. And for me, on the day-to-day, -day, that's more important. You get the eye line up. I'm, I'm a hunched over less. I'm a big 16 by 10 guy. Actually, this laptop in front of me happens to be 16 by 10. I find it to be productive. But then you get it down to 1.99. Then you put some 5G in there if you want it, depending on the specification. And then you got the super narrow bezel, sort of footprint when it's closed. And then you've got the durability associated with the ThinkPad brand. And then you've got the 2K display which has Dolby Vision on it because, you know, it's got to have that critical, for, for the critical uh, moments when you need to see. Look at the carbon, carbon weave on it. You know, X1 Nano. Now, apparently they worked on the speakers. They tell me I'm going to like that as well. I mean, they're telling me a lot of things over here. You've got 450 nit brightness as well, which is a spec that I pay attention to, believe it or not, because often in the mornings I take the coffee, Will. Yeah. And I go near the window, I get the vitamin D. Yes. But the laptop screen, not so much into glare. the vitamin D. Yeah. So I need the nits. Mm, yeah, you do. And this one's got 450 of them. So it's also t available with a touch screen. It also, I'm going to just, I'm just going to keep going here. Two Thunderbolt 4 ports. And yeah, you guessed right. That's because it's got the new CPUs from Intel in there. And uh, and it that means 
that it's I think it might even be is it even part of that program? I don't know if it's part of Intel's new program or not, but Thunderbolt 4 hints at it. The Lenovo ThinkPad X1 Nano is is powered by Intel Tiger Lake, the first ThinkPad X1 to have these new CPUs. But they don't we don't have the exact spec yet on which ones. 5G and LPDDR 4X memory up to 16 gigs. You can custom configure these things from Lenovo every single time. It's very exciting. All right, touch or, or non-touch, it's completely up to you. When, it, when, you, when you put it up against the competitors, well, I just, I, need to, I just need to showcase here how thin and light this is. The, uh, the regular X1 Carbon is 2.4 pounds, almost, almost a half pound heavier. And a competitor, let's say from Dell, the XPS 13, 2.64 pounds. This is 1.99 pounds. I could, I could slide this in the back of my pants. Mm. Can you? No. But it, but it's so thin that I can imagine just moving it around. Yeah. I would just, I would get up and move to a different spot just so I could feel how thin and light my laptop was. So this is uh, safe to say it's your next daily driver. Oh, I believe it's actually going to be the next Lou Later laptop. Okay. Speaking to Lenovo, but as soon as we get it, uh, we're looking at an unboxing video. I'll tell you everything you need to know. I'm going to click, click and clack the keys because, as far as I'm concerned, and I told many of you in the past. When it comes to laptop keyboards, where I pay way too much attention, these have been the way to go. Mm. Now, hopefully, the Nano can carry that forward because the X1 Carbon or the X1 Extreme, yeah. those have been my favorite keyboards on laptops mm. in recent memory. Although I did, I did try that mechanical keyboard recently on that Gigabyte laptop, which I also kind of liked. But anyhow, anyhow, this one, you get, you sent this one to me. Very interesting. This one also gets me going. The uh, UE Fits are true wireless earbuds, which mold to your ears. They do, yeah. Very cool. Like, you don't have to go see a special uh, a special doctor. You don't have to go see an, a special audio person to have these molds made, which in the past, if you wanted custom earbuds, that's kind of the story. Or they would send you a kit at home, and then you would send the molds, and then they would build the earbud. No, 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 no. I'm talking about something that comes in a package. You plop it in your ear. The mold sets to your specific ear canal and the shape of your ear, and then it stays hardened forever in that shape mm. afterwards. It's a kit that you do the whole thing at home, and the mold is taking place on the actual earbud that you will use. Mm -hmm. No delay. The ear tips are filled with gel and harden when you trigger the molding process from your phone. There's an app that goes with them. They're not going to be cheap. We're looking at about 250 bucks. But believe it or not, Will, compared to what custom earbuds would have cost you in the past, mm. it's not that pricey. And what are the advantages? Let me tell you. You don't necessarily need to rely as much on some kind of active noise canceling when you have such a precise fit. Right. Now the passive noise canceling can be enough. You know that feeling of fatigue. Have you ever taken a flight on an airplane? Mm -hmm. Have you ever? You've been on an airplane? Mm -hmm. You got the earbud in and, and, and after a while, I'll tell you what, after What's a while, that? I mean, you're on like hour number three or four, the ear canal starts to feel the fatigue. Uh-huh. It just gets a little bit sore. I mean, you can still keep doing it, but it just, it's a little fatigue. Mm -hmm. Never mind if you're kind of leaning on yeah. that side oh, of yeah. your head That's because terrible. you've been on a flight forever. 
when you get that custom fit and it's shaped so perfectly to your anatomy, you don't even know it's there. Uh huh. Yeah. You don't even feel it. And for these other people that have had the AirPods and whatever else, and they're out there doing the jogging and the weightlifting, and these are falling out because it truly isn't one size fits all. They're fine for me. They stay in. But some people tell me I can't keep it in my ear. Right. Oh, you're going to keep this one in your ear. Mm -hmm. So this is a huge development. I'm very excited. We need to get in touch with these people. I need to try out the Instant Fit. I am uh, super curious about this because I've always... Uh, uh, avoided the custom earbud because of the process to do it. I've tried them in the past, but it's such a process if you ever want to change them out. And here we have true wireless, which you know the convenience factor over here mm -hmm. with a true wireless, but often with the custom sets, you would only ever do it on a wired pair, much more expensive right. pair. That that was really only where it made sense. So uh, anyways, the, the way this works, apparently it's got some kind of, it uses a light form technology combined with embedded LEDs in the earbuds, it molds the tip to your unique ear contours in under a minute. Then once the tips are hardened, they stay that way. They're going to be uh, capable of eight hours continuous battery life with 20 hours when you factor in the charge case. Many color options, gray, lilac, purple, and navy. They're shipping in the fall and, uh, and they give you a 30-day perfect fit satisfaction guarantee. If for whatever reason you screw up the mold, I guess, I don't know. But uh, but I'm very excited about this. So we need to reach out to UE and see if we can have that experience ourselves. For sure. This one, maybe maybe this one was sent to me more than any of the other stories today, or maybe second most. Uh, this this was coming from many of our fans in India. They were talking about how crazy aggressive Apple's prices are for the Apple One subscription products in India when converted or compared to other markets. And I was like, well, I don't know. How cheap can it really be, right? Because I thought it was already pretty attractive with things you got included. And so I read through this article. And, of course, I got to do the conversions as well because I'm looking in, in the rupees and whatnot. But I look through here and I'm, I'm seeing, okay, uh, what about the, the Apple One family plan? All right, that includes pretty much everything except the new health stuff and the TV Plus, I think, which that's only available in certain markets anyways. But... The Apple One family plan, RS365 per month in India. Now, by comparison, in the U.S., that's a $20 a month, $19.95. That's what that costs. You, you, do you know what that RS conversion is? $365? That's five bucks. Mm. Five bucks instead of 20 for the family. Mm. Five bucks. And how many uh, family members? Like five or six. It was five or six. It's the same. All the specs are the Could same. Be less than a dollar. All the specs are the same. You get the Apple Music. Oh, maybe you do get the Apple TV Plus. Gaming subscription with Apple Arcade. Cloud storage on iCloud. Oh, up the, to six family members. The Fitness Plus you don't get on this service in India. And the news and, and magazine service. Apple News Plus not in India. So you get the other things. You're getting the TV as well. And iCloud. And the storage. iCloud storage, 50 gigs, right? Or more if you got the family one. So if you get the individual one, it's even cheaper, RS-195, if you need the individual. But the real value is going to be at that family price as it is for the, the, the cost elsewhere in the world. The value is at the family price. You're talking about five bucks and you can spread it. How many did you say? Five people or six? Six. Six people, five bucks. Yeah. It's incredible. And 
Look, I realize you can't go market to market because it's a different situation, man. Mm -hmm. Right? The cost of living, wages, it's, it's you can't do a one-to-one -one comparison. But to me, this showcases Apple's intentions in India. They're coming in guns blazing. They're coming in swinging. Yeah. All right? They looked at the other subscription services for sure. They said, okay, Netflix over here. Right? They said, well, I don't know. I think Spotify is trying to operate there. They, I don't know how well they did. Spotify's over there. Yeah. Okay, let's just wipe that. Let's wipe that out real quick. Mm. Let's do a $5 a month for the whole family, and then we'll see what happens. Mm -hmm. And then we get people into the family, into our family. We bring that family into our family. Yeah. And the Apple Digital Store, too. Apple Digital In Store? India? The Apple, the, they, they, they're, all of a sudden, already. you're thinking, you're sitting there looking at the purchase price of the Apple product. You're saying, I get all that, too. Yeah. Five bucks a month. You start making the justification. You have a conversation with your wife. She gives you the go-ahead. Mm -hmm. It's good stuff happening there. I don't know, man. I, I didn't expect... I don't know. I don't know what I expected from Apple. I guess I should have known they would have had to be that competitive to pull people from the other subscriptions that were there because those were also aggressive. Uh -huh. Everybody wants to be a part of this new market. But they, I guess there was this feeling about Apple that it could have been more expensive only because in the past with hardware products, when you did the conversion, it would be more money. Mm -hmm. If you looked at an iPhone, the cost of an iPhone converted for the Indian market would be more, but so much that it had to do with tariffs and other complications. Mm -hmm. But when it comes to this one, it's on the flip side. When yeah. it comes to this one, it's an actual advantage and a significant advantage. So shout out to India if you're uh, in the Apple ecosystem or feel like you need to join it. I mean, it's still going to cost you money, but uh, this is this is better news than it could have been. Uh -huh. And many people sent that story to me. Tech investors predict NVIDIA's $40 billion ARM acquisition will be blocked. We report on this story as soon as it happened. Many people did. It was all kinds of good news for NVIDIA. They put out the new GPUs. The stock was flying. People were gaming. Uh, AI, VR, let's go. NVIDIA, he was in the kitchen again with the GPUs. With his... Leather jacket. Leather jacket was on. I mean, it was all flying. And then they announced the ARM acquisition. And uh, the tech world was tweeting, as they would be. But I remember, I don't know if I said in the original clip, that that this, I remember thinking, I was a bit skeptical that this would go through because of the implications. Well, you know I mean, these are gigantic companies potentially merging. And it, so there's all kinds of regulatory stuff that has to happen where... Uh, the governing bodies involved had to say, okay, yeah, we think this is a good thing overall, a good thing for consumers, good thing for uh, the country and so forth. And so the thing about ARM is it's a UK-based company and there's not that many enormous tech-based UK companies. Mm -hmm. And so when this happened, you had you start scratch your head and say, are they really cool? Is the UK really cool with NVIDIA coming in here and gobbling up really this massive, their biggest uh tech company or i don't know if it's their biggest but this really high profile tech company employs a lot of people i think it employs uh, three thousand in the uk these are not these are not regular jobs these are high pay and these are high tech jobs six thousand staff globally and three thousand in the uk that's arm hmm. and so now you've got some analysts some uh with uh, information close to the matter that think there's no way the uk is going to let this one go through and Part of that has to do with the current landscape of things. I mean, we've been talking forever about the TikTok deal and how different nations could step in. Nations are starting to really value their technology yeah. on a government level. 
yeah it's uh it's integrating into politicians Politics, big time really big time yeah. it's a it's Laws. a massive focus and it's under a whole different level of scrutiny in the uk they could have some meetings they can sit down to politicians and say nah, we nah. kind of like that arm thing yeah and of course on the flip side on the other side of it nvidia would sit there and say no we're not going to touch arm arm's going to operate all those employees are going to stay there. It's going to remain based in the UK and Cambridge over there. Those people still going to go to the local coffee shops. Relax. Yeah. But the regulators are going to sit there and say, yeah, for now. Mm -hmm. And then what? You shut down this expensive office. You move it somewhere else. Mm -hmm. You got your own ambitions. You're going to completely change the business. And I, I presume they could yeah. slowly but surely if they really wanted to. So anyway, it's another level of scrutiny being applied to it. Uh, and, and, and some people think it's going to be uh, throw a wrench in the deal. Maybe there's some finesse they can apply to it. Maybe there's an agreement, much like these other cases that we talk about. Uh, sometimes there's a way. Sometimes yeah. there isn't. But uh, obviously, this is, it's, it wouldn't be the ideal situation for NVIDIA because they feel like they really scored on the ARM deal because as far as ARM's position in the future from a from a mobile processing standpoint from a, a design standpoint they're uh, they're far-reaching well done well done i like how you just smirked <laughs> at me before you put it in you're like lou i got something uh, yeah. i just had to watch yeah, your smirk yeah. I, was like, I was like i better shut up because will's he's really got something today we got another story here about a tesla model 3 as a police car and i remember we talked about this in the past but we were kind of wondering at that time if it was a one-off or if it was going to become a more uh, frequent occurrence that an electric vehicle would be used as a police cruiser. It's still very, very small, very small percentage. But here we have a one-year versus of a Model 3 as a police car versus a Dodge Charger, which you see those, those models frequently. So one of the issues with converting a law enforcement fleet to electric is upfront cost. It's gonna cost you more out the gate, right? Yeah. These are expensive vehicles, more expensive than the equivalent gasoline powered vehicle. But the argument is that over time they will pay for themselves because of the fuel savings. Mm. And so they did the math, you know, inside of a uh, police department, they track everything very closely. And in a way they almost supply nice data as well for a regular driver because yeah. they're pushing their stuff way harder than you are. And so it kind of, their data would showcase to you under a heavy load what your savings could look like. And the savings they come up came up with in 12 months of use, switching to a Model 3 from a standard Dodge Charger was 6,755. Hmm. And uh, it almost matched the initial price difference for them on those two vehicles. Oh. About, about 7,000 bucks. So if you have that thing in the fleet for a couple of years, it starts to get even better. Mm. And all of a sudden, maybe even pay for itself at a certain point, depending on how long these things can last within the fleet. And there's other pieces as well, Will, which we talked about previously when we first heard about this uh, this taking place. You got a really fast vehicle. Yeah. Mod Model 3, you got a really fast vehicle. You got a silent vehicle. Oh, to creep up. You ever think about that? You got a silent vehicle. Uh -huh. A silent and fast vehicle with tremendous acceleration, and it's not a it's not a bad place to sit either. 
If you gotta, Very you healthy. gotta, you, you gotta sit in that car for extended yeah. periods of time. So, anyway, they're making the case that they they could potentially convert to to more electric vehicles. And if we keep seeing reports like this, you could imagine that fleets around the United States and elsewhere could consider this, uh, could could make this a significant portion. You got something else? You're smirking again. What do you got, Will? Go ahead. <laughs> nothing, nothing. All right. I got nothing. All right, the next story was the only other one that may have been sent to me more than any other, and that is this uh, the latest Subway bread news, which I didn't, I couldn't imagine that this would have ever ended up in one of these shows, but there's been an Irish Supreme Court ruling that all varieties of Subway's sub rolls, even the whole grain, cannot be considered bread because they have too much sugar in them now the reason this whole thing comes up is because bread is like an essential food item so it's mm -hmm. it's taxed differently than something that would be sugary like a dessert that you don't really need to have and it has a different level of tax applied to it so they're sitting in there running their analysis and evaluation of how this bread would be classified is it a meal or is it a treat yeah so they look at the bread, and the restriction they had was that 2% of the makeup mm. of the bread slash pastry could be sugar to still be considered bread. Mm. The Subway bread is more like 10%. Oh. And now you know why there's a Subway on every corner. Yeah. yeah. You got 10% sugar in the bread? Let me make sure I got this right, okay? Hold up. In 1972, Ireland passed the Value Added Tax Act, which taxes restaurants and restaurant groups on the food they sell based on various categories. Uh, the Galway, Ireland-based franchisee filed a lawsuit against authorities saying it shouldn't have to pay the tax on hot sandwiches eaten in the restaurant because the bread makes them a staple food, which don't get taxed. Well, however, that's where the analysis comes in. By the VAT Act's Definition of bread, the sugar, fat, and bread improver, I don't even know what bread improver is, cannot add up to more than 2% of the weight of the flour in the dough. This makes it so restaurants can't pass off sugary baked goods like pastries and cakes as staple foods, which would be exempted from the tax. The sugar content of Subway's bread is 10% of the weight of flour, and therefore, according to the justices, it cannot be considered bread. Uh, your Subway sandwich is a cake. <laughs> Jack's shaking his head over there. You yeah, knew that it was it. sweet? Oh, right. Yes. It's There's, substantial. It, that's another good long, point. It's, uh, it's another good point you're making. It's, it's like, thick. what percentage of your sandwich is bread? Yeah. Compared to how you would make it if you just had a slice of regular bread. It's a lot of bread, too. Yeah, yeah. So the overall percentage of your sandwich is already high, and then if 10% of the bread content of the sandwich is sugar, now your overall meal has quite a bit of sugar in it. Did they say specifically which uh, bread kind? All Did of them. Did they go in depth? No, they just said no, all. which one's worse? Oh, is I don't know which uh, one's worse. I, probably the better it tastes. Obviously the white one, uh, oh, okay. the Italian or whatever. Oh, but, boy. <laughs> I love Italian. But I wonder if part of it is a preservative component, because sugar can kind of preserve things. Uh, and I wonder if the way that the product is shipped, because they're always saying it's fresh baked every day, but you're 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 wondering what you're baking all this bread. It's the way it comes in is already. It's not like you have dough there. 
Yeah. I mean, you do, but it's already yeah. rationed out into the loaves. Are they using it as some kind of preservative, or do they just want it to be more addictive because people are like, that sandwich was great, and it's, meanwhile, it was just yeah. uh, sweetened right up. So, anyways, uh, they, they did respond. Subway responded and said, of course our bread is bread, as you would if you were them. But it's funny. They got this story that's now viral. They may have to respond or at least consider an option in store that's going to have a lower sugar content for customers who are interested. I presume that's something they could do mm -hmm. and maybe should do. The low sugar bread. <laughs> I didn't even think of sugar when I think of bread, but apparently Jack's been thinking about it for or years. Or I guess flatbread too. They have that. But I bet you the flatbread will be the same, right? Is it? I don't know. I would just guess. I never get it. That's the thing. I, I would just guess it would no be idea. the same. Now, speaking of sugar, I'm about to blow your mind yeah. in terms of sugar. We're about to take it to a whole nother level with sugar. Never mind yeah. 10%, all right? Never mind a little bit of extra sugar in your bread. Never mind a little pastry. This, according to Eat This, Not That, this is the most dangerous can of soda on planet Earth. It is called Sunkissed Pineapple. And I'm going to read some specs to you, Willie Do, uh, just, just to... <laughs> Just to scare you. In a 12-ounce can, you have 190 calories, 60 milligrams of sodium, and 51 grams of sugar. Oh. 51 grams of sugar. Here's your ingredient list. I know this is really just so tantalizing. Carbonated water, high fructose corn syrup, citric acid, sodium benzoate, acacia gum, Ester gum, yellow five, yellow six. That's right. You got yellow five and yellow six. Because yellow five wasn't enough. You needed yellow six as well. Uh, these are uh, additives to give it a certain kind of color. I don't think there's any pineapple in there, Will. No. I don't think you're getting no, pineapple no. in there. There's a couple of other what they consider to be dangerous sodas on the list, including crush peach, which I didn't even know existed. Although that one has two grams less sugar. It's also, it's got red 40 in yellow five. And you have Stewart's cherries and cream soda. You have sun-kissed fruit punch. I'm telling you, Fanta pineapple. I think if you got pineapple, if you got a pineapple soda can, you're probably in trouble. And if you have anything sun-kissed, you're probably in trouble. <laughs> well, let's be honest. All of these things are packed with sugar. Uh, mm -hmm. That's why people like them. That's why people drink them. It's caffeine-free, though. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> caffeine-free? It must be healthy. Natural flavor. Yeah. it's all, and yeah, how, I don't know how they get away with that, with the natural, put the natural on the can. Yeah. Nothing natural about that. I mean, if there's something natural about that, I'll tell you what, it's less than 10% and it would never fly in Ireland. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Anyways. Sunkissed uh, sun pineapple, the most dangerous can of soda on planet Earth.